This podcast is part of the GWC Network. For more information on it or to check out some of our other awesome podcasts, visit us at galacticwatercooler.com. After the tone, enjoy the show. This is Save Eureka, podcast number 41, In Too Deep. Welcome back, everybody. Yes. Hello. I love having so much new Eureka. Indeed. And I love that the exploding steak guy is back. <laughs> Briefly. Well, he Briefly. Briefly. Yeah. <laughs> he's kind of yeah, he's kind of a tool, but he reminds yeah. me so much of that guy that Zoe dated a while back, Lucas or whatever. Like he put five years and twenty pounds on or something. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's like <laughs> it's alternate universe Lucas or whatever. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Bizarro Lucas. Bizarro Lucas. That's it. <laughs> Except no goatee. So, I like the beard on Fargo. Really? Yeah, it's cool. Not so much. <laughs> I think I'm with uh, Carter on that. Yeah, on the beard issue. It, it's like the scraggly Thomas Riker version of <laughs> <laughs> Thomas Riker. That's awesome. Beard fussé. <laughs> <laughs> I thought this was a, a cool episode. I really liked the way it resolved. I thought it was okay. Um, I thought Allison being so combative about that was a little standoffish and maybe not quite in character with her her previous episodes. <laughs> yeah, you know, actually what caught me as a little bit out of character was when Carter was going under with the water to like pull the emergency hatch and, and she was like holding her hands up to her face like Aah. Yeah, it's like, <laughs> I was like, wow, um, she's girly. You know, taking care of a couple of those switches. You know, I know. Right? <laughs> like, I don't want to get my hair wet. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I, I have to admit, I thought that that it was kind of very much that, that standoffishness is very much her. I mean, she's been for the last like four or five episodes, well, really, almost since the beginning of this season, she's been, well, let me put it this way, ever since The Matrix, she's had a lot of issues, and I, I think very much like Grace, she's not entirely able to just walk away from them, you know? Right. Maybe before this, she was trying to bottle them up a bit, and yeah. that's just the explosion of that. I don't know. It just felt like it was such a quick turnaround on it. That she seemed pretty okay with everything at the end of last episode, and then again okay with everything at the end of this episode. So it was it was it felt very kind of convenient for the story. Um, See, I I have to admit I felt like it made perfect sense that that the resolution, you know, that it, deep down she had the problem all along, but that you know the the in kind of like what's the right word here, like like the way everything resolves and you solve these big issues and there's kind of this moment of euphoria and everything seems okay, but she's just like, I'm making figure quote, he's happy at the end of the episodes. She's not taking any steps to really uh, capitalize on that or saying anything that's deep or, or meaningful. She's just kind of happy and okay. Whereas in this one, she actually, at the worst point, she turned around and she said things that that had long term meaning and and 
And, uh, you know, if you, it felt more from the heart, whereas the other yeah. stuff felt kind of like of the moment. You I, know? I felt like when she got to the point where she was almost yelling at Jack, that that was kind of cathartic for her. Exactly. Because I felt yeah. like... Almost, yeah. she was flat out yelling at him. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, I, I felt like up until this point, all the kind of, you know, her being uncomfortable about the Matrix Joe and all that stuff, I felt like she never really fully got it off her chest. And this time she was just like, Bruh, you know, and, yeah. and that she oh, yeah. kind of needed to do that. Because that's exactly what happens in real yeah. life when you bottle up an issue, when you have something and you think you resolve it. And, and I mean, it's not even on purpose bottling up. It's like when you think you've resolved it, but yeah. in reality, you haven't. It just right. comes back out somewhere else. You well, know? And I remember, see, oh, go ahead. Remember, Mark. it's not even just Matrix Joe as well. It's also, oh, by the way, you had to go through watching your watching losing your family to four years or whatever it was God, and yeah. then learning to accept that and then learning it was all bs God, you i mean what? that's then, really gonna mess with your brain so right. and then learning that it might maybe possibly be true in, in the future anyway you well know? you're you're so I, you're so right because that would totally explain it like it's not joe that's even though joe is has been the focal point of all the issue the right. real issue wasn't joe it was the family and that's that's why yeah. them like addressing that finally brings some resolution mm. yeah yeah you ever you, you never want to experience what it's like for to be replaced in your own family and she went through that wow I mean that's that's just yeah. I mean I guess I guess my my initial gripe came from the fact that again it it kind of crutched on the you know the whole argument of of the the whole oh, it's your matrix you know it's the the statistical possibility of it happening is you know the computer knows best it's I was getting a little sick of that but when you really look at it Allison might have actually been through the most in in that virtual environment I like agree. She, I agree. She really got a brain messed up, and yeah, may, maybe this is just something that had to happen. She had to. Well, I don't kinda, know. I mean, Grace <laughs> Henry did try to kill Grace. I mean, that's pretty messed right, up. Right, but that's a very in the moment thing. Uh, Allison had a very uh, extended pain to deal with. You know what this reminds right? me of? She, she, from the moment she showed back up uh, in in the future, quote unquote. Right. What What does it remind you of? It reminds me of that Deep Space Nine episode with, uh, um, gosh, the virtual punishment. You remember that? Oh, where O'Brien experiences yeah. 20 years of jail. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, it's the long-term. I mean, it's not 20 years, but it's the it's four. It's like the long-term torture you're talking about. You right, know? right, yeah. And ju- <laughs> Right, and unlike DS9, she doesn't get over it by the end of the episode. Well, um, and- It did take her uh, a while, and she's still adjusting, so... And I always felt like, you know, that 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 affected O'Brien in the long run. You know, even though he maybe, you know, dealt with it in practical terms, when it came down to it, it affected who he was. You know, right? I, I, I the I guess the problem with with the um, with DS Nine is that you know it was a lot of it was it had it suffered from nineties TV syndrome where nothing can really affect it from week to week. I mean, I mean, the same thing goes back to Best of Both Worlds with Picard. I mean, you got that follow-up episode uh, called Family, where he goes and visits the vineyard. Yeah. And he visits his brother and, like, talks about how, you know, he witnessed all of this death and destruction at his own hands and 
how he has to deal with that for the rest of his life. But I mean, the next episode, he's kind of okay. You know what's interesting, though, Juan? I always thought that people who are fans of Trek and people who watch 90s Trek, especially those of us who watched it like a few years back, you know, especially when it was on, um, I always felt like that group of fans understood that limitation in the, yeah. the TV making and filled that in like on our own. You know, it's like yeah. the, the fan base always has this kind of way of, of understanding that, yeah, it does affect O'Brien when he's in prison for all that time. It does affect Picard. And even though the 90s TV element of it may not show us that, I think that we have this devotion to it where we, we understand kind of how it has to be and, and we we still fill yeah. that gap in yeah I, I do get i do credit um yeah and I'm, I'm not i'm not crapping on star trek by any means uh well, yeah I, we know I, you you love to crap on star, <laughs> especially ds oh yeah you know if there's anyone that's gonna crap on star trek it's, gonna be me. Yeah. it's not like your favorite series or anything right i think i think what i like about this this the way that they've dealt with the allison getting brain fracked here is that it's a good balance between the kind of 90s style of we can't deal with it next episode because it's a different writing team and we already have the next alien of the week and the Starbuck. I'm going to be fracked up for three seasons. <laughs> yeah, that was kind I mean, of the she, opposite. Basically, extreme. since the farm, Starbuck is broken, right? In Battlestar. And she never quite gets over anything. And that, that's taking it to the other extreme, where basically anything can drastically affect all the character development for the rest of the series versus Star Trek, where it's, it's like they got to hit, hit, hit back to the normal characters by the end of the episode. Eureka kind of does it pretty much right in the middle of that, where, you know, there are those story points like this one, where they may take a few episodes to resolve and stuff, but it's... It's not quite as as I guess intense as Battlestar. I totally agree, and I love the I, I love the idea of of having continuity, additional continuity beyond, like you said, the '90s stuff, yet not entirely having to tie everything to everything into one big arc where the arc becomes the controlling factor to the point where you can't do anything else. It's a good right, balance. Eureka doesn't need the boxing episode. Yeah, it's a good balance, and I think it allows the show... It, it may be one of the keys to how this show has been able to keep reinventing yeah. you know, new storylines and, and new character arcs and things like that, that that rise and fall and everything, but maintain the heart of the show. I have always felt like Eureka was far more about the characters than most shows. Like, the plot was far less important than the characters in, in oh, Eureka. Oh, yeah, yeah. You know, I wanted to add real quick, I, I thought that... Speaking about character importance, now that we talk about it, I think it does kind of make sense that Allison is responding the way that she has. Because if you look at her as a person, she's always been in these high power kind of roles. And her family is the most important thing to her, hands down. And she had to go through a lot in her marriage to Stark. I mean, it, it dissolved, you know, and they, they weren't close at the end and then they reconnected and then she lost him yeah and you know she's the high power role thing comes in where i think she's used to having really serious and painful sometimes things go on and she has to kind of bottle it and put it aside so she can do her job because her job has always been so high stakes 
But I think that this time around, um, we, we see it sort of getting to her because she has like, she's trapped in this mobile lab where she kind of has to deal with it, you know, cause she, it's like her and Jack and, you know, other than, I mean, they're talking about their survival, but they're talking about their emotional survival too. So it's kind of like she's faced with it and kind of has to come to terms with it in that moment where I bet that she's been trying to keep it bottled up like she always has. Or, or trying to keep it under control, at least. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, this makes a lot more sense to me. I mean, I, it didn't feel uncomfortable to me when we watched it. But boy, Juan, what you said about about the family being the real issue and, and the Joe issue being sort of the the vent where where it came out when when she bottled it up be it intentionally or unintentionally man that makes a lot of sense and well it's it's easy to use that as a crutch of like oh you know you two could have been together but i mean she went through a lot more than just that i mean yeah that's all and that's exactly what she was talking about during this episode is like you know that if if we uh, if we get married here we're going to be combining our families and and what happens to that if things go wrong, and I mean, that's a pretty pessimistic thing to look at in terms of a relationship, but that's the stuff she's really worried about. And that's the stuff that was churned up when she did lose her family uh, yeah. temporarily. Well, yeah. And I mean, I, I think that as a mom, you know, now this, this Allison has been through having the change of her son, Kevin, right? I mean, yep. she remembers Kevin the way he was. I love how and... you have to say this, Allison. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's awesome. Well, you almost got to look at that as, as she's also lost her son. Really? I mean, she has a Kevin, but it's not her Kevin. Well, and she's lost, she lost her first husband in, you know, both ways that you can lose your yep. husband. Wow. So, I mean, of course she would, I think that she, as horrible as it seems, I think she's prioritizing her kids over, over Jack right now and saying, you know, was, was right. Was because she felt, you know, she had to protect them, but I think he maybe, I don't know, maybe, maybe made her realize that they can all be in it together. You know, as usual, Eureka does this incredible job of having, you know, an A story and a B story and a C story and having all of them sort of tie around a theme. Like like we have we have the, the other important story going on here, which is Holly and going to go down and, and sleep happening. with the fishes. <laughs> <laughs> and you know, and and they tie together at the end when when uh, you find out that that Holly is is at risk again, and that uh, and that Fargo is concerned about that, and and I love the way we're taking Fargo seriously when it comes to that. You have both Zane thinking about it in serious terms, like he sees Fargo as his friend, and he's promised his friend something important. He's going to deliver that, and at the same time, you see uh, you see Fargo uh, like like uh, Andy when Andy kind of picked up on what was going on, figured it out and realized what, what Fargo's concern was and assured him that he would take care of things while he was gone. Oh yeah. And, and then at the end when Fargo, uh, you know, offers some advice to Carter and says, use every minute, they're important, you know, and, and that ties the two together. It's just really interesting. That is awesome. 
and I'm worried about Howie, but less so now that Zane's on the on I the love job. Zane. As, I think Zane's going to come up with something. Me brilliant. too. Yeah, <laughs> I agree. <laughs> I love him as this new, you know, responsible, responsible Zane. guy. Yeah, it's every every woman's dream, right? The bad boy who <laughs> is somehow tame, <laughs> who gets a good job in a somehow suit, and, you and tame has him. huge pecs and <laughs> great hair. <laughs> yeah, and you did it. <laughs> yeah. it who else thought you? That, who else thought that before? Uh, Joe changed him into a suit that she was gonna, she was she was going to put leather pants on him as well. <laughs> that would have been awesome. That would have been hilarious. Like we got to see some Joe Joe leather pleather butt going on. Let's so get some funny. Zane pleather butt going on. You know, In the first awesome. scene when everyone's laughing, I'm like, why is she wearing a cat suit? <laughs> <laughs> what would totally be awesome is if like they did the suit thing and you had this awesome moment, and then as she walked away, she like hit a button and his pants oh, yeah. turned to leather pants. That would be awesome. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I love Buttless that. chaps. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I needed that image. <laughs> Didn't bother me. <laughs> well, you see the rest of them naked. Are at this there point. <laughs> are there chaps with butt? I, I'm not aware of. I think chaps, by definition, do not. It's just have for enunciation. <laughs> well, uh, y- yeah, I mean, it's you meant chaps, no pants. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> Well, I think I think some in some like fashion circles, people refer to chaps as pants anyway. Really? Yeah, don't they? Why wouldn't you just call them pants? Oh, well, yeah. Ask me. I'm up on fashion. Well, you know the the Ralph Lauren like chaps. No, no that's a brand. There's well, like, no. but I think that there's it's... two P's in it. <laughs> no, there's not. Or whatever. <laughs> You're just making stuff up. Fine, but still, that's a brand that has nothing to do with like. Yeah. We, I know what Most of my clothes are tfury.com brands, so I have no <laughs> idea what I'm talking about. <laughs> You're like, if it doesn't say T-Fury on it, I, I don't really know. I know, mine, mine too. <laughs> Except maybe a little think geek. You know? Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> hey, uh, d- did anyone else notice Allison um, making Kevin skip school again at the end? Again. Following your theory, that's what Audra said. Audra was like, again. Yeah. <laughs> She's like, and you're going to play hooky. And I'm like, again. Don't. <laughs> Poor guy. He's never going to graduate. <laughs> he's gonna I be was t- going to graduate at 14, mom. <laughs> yeah. now he's going to be 21 be in the 10th grade. <laughs> so, so, I, so I wonder what the uh, Eureka version of Would You Like Fries with that is. <laughs> it's probably like a, a high paying job somewhere. We're cleaning the, uh, the foam out of the detergent lab. Well, speaking of food services, I love the uh, broken Vince hologram. Throughout. <laughs> that was awesome. <laughs> the Vince as Carter was pretty entertaining as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no- that I think cool. they kept the voice going, too, even after they shut off the hologram. It was still Vince's yeah. voice. <laughs> it sounded like Carter, though, the style and everything. Henry, Henry yeah. knew right away. He's like... We've it's been, Carter. Oh my God, we've been vortexed or something. And he's like, oh my God, it's Jack. <laughs> that was, was a pretty good Carter, actually. Yeah. <laughs> what, mine or Vince's? Yeah, I hit Vince's. Oh, yeah. Sorry. I love how Vince, uh, the hologram Vince, would show up over and over and over at the exact wrong moment. Yep. <laughs> Just like there were so many Wouldn't wrong moments. In that <laughs> I hear it's really deep. Thanks, Vince. <laughs> it's crazy deep. <laughs> Not a good idea. Yeah, those those it, those overly planned like uh, romantic date things never seem to work out. You know, well, like, especially it's Eureka. I mean, well, yeah, <laughs> yeah. 
And and one person is Carter and the other is Allison. That's, yeah, how can this not end badly? <laughs> all we needed was the Jeep being sunk to the bottom of the ocean. <laughs> <laughs> that would have been awesome. Or, what the what what good is an airlock if it's not airtight? Yeah. <laughs> I know. I was like, what? Well, you know, I figured it was like stress from the thing oh, being the crushed and everything that Still. it bent it out of shape. Eh. Like in Apollo 13, you remember he's like, uh, I can't get this hatch on. I think it's all the twisting. We, just just stow it. If we'd been hit by a meteor, we'd be dead by now. Nice. Yep. <laughs> I can, can quote I, that whole movie. I can always count on one for the quotes to just throw it in there. <laughs> so I like, I like set them up all the time because I can't help it. It's so much fun. Yeah. You know, I didn't realize uh, until this episode that Holly could come out of the wall. Yeah, you kind of figured I, it, it was it, that they were going to do that. Yeah. Well, that's sense. that's what initially Fargo stayed there for as well, too. Like, that's what he was. That's what Sarah said he was doing is that he was working on the systems to do right. that specifically. Right. right. That was funny when she's like, they were both servicing me. <laughs> it sounds like I didn't need to know that. Oh. My whole prediction about everybody being in the closet. Is yes. <laughs> that was Just awesome. Walking wow. out of the closet. Yes. For the win. It's a closet, not a clown car. <laughs> I love oh, that. I'll ask for bigger boobs. <laughs> what? I, was, I think I missed that. When Holly said, how do I look? And about the same. It's like, oh, I asked for bigger boobs. No. <laughs> That's, That's pretty funny. I thought it was so cool, too, that they end up playing essentially D&D. You know, it's like Felicia yeah. Day and Neil Grayson and like all these people who, you know, probably play that stuff anyway and probably put together anyway over. <laughs> yeah right <laughs> what happened to him did i did i forget did parish leave or something no parish is still there he's probably yeah. he's only like a, a guest star so yeah he's not in every episode he must i bet he shaved his beard because now fargo has one they can't both have one at the same time <laughs> i want to say that they did around the time that they were talking about that episode so you never know what? Well, oh, around, in real life, that yeah. they both have. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hey, you know, on a on a light note, let's talk about Feynman Day. Yeah, <laughs> that's awesome. That is awesome. Was it, was it Richard Feynman? Is that what they said? I would assume. Yeah. No, it was Herb Feynman. Well, uh, his, for some his reason, brother who sold used cars. No, well, for some reason, I was thinking <laughs> Howard, but I think Howard Feynman is a journalist, right? I don't know. I have no idea. So, so Richard Feynman, um, famous scientist. Yeah, I'm out of the loop. Yeah, a little bit. I I wasn't. Uh, What's he famous I, for? I wasn't aware of his uh, involvement. <laughs> Skip in, question. I wasn't aware of his involvement in uh, pranks, though. I wonder if that's true. It must be. Juan's googling either, it. Right? Either that, or, or either that, or it's a, just a pretty good plot point. Either way, I'm ha- totally happy with it. I think it's it's very Eureka. I love when they populate Eureka with customs like that. It, yes. It's really cool, you know? Everything from the science fair being this massive, like, deal. <laughs> I love all the people, like, floating around GD and the woman with the boxes stuck on her hands and <laughs> the woman who, like, hit that, you know, invisible force field with her face. And, <laughs> yeah. And Joe has this master list of like all the approved. That was so funny. That is funny. It's so Eureka too. When Allison got shocked by her phone, that looked like it would break your bones off. That shock, you could see it, it was like a six-inch arc. 
Here, let me get my keys and discover electricity. <laughs> a bolt <Yeah>. of lightning. <laughs> <laughs> What's the twenty one gigawatts? You know, I remember I remember playing a prank on on a friend of mine in college one time where uh in his dorm room uh, I I hid alarm clocks. <laughs> oh, geez. Did you just set them like two minutes apart? No, it was great. I set uh, I set them starting at uh, at around. I want to say it was like five in the morning, and five, and five fifteen, and five thirty, and five forty five, and six, and six forty five. Ouch! The last one was just the total like kick in the ass. Because it was ass, like a forty-five you know? minute wait. Yeah, because it was like fifteen minutes came and went, and it's like, oh, it's over. Thank, oh, God. thank God, I can go to sleep, and then it goes off again. You're not just annoying him; you're also messing with his brain. Exactly. Yeah, it's. I, I believe it's that last kick that really. Just when you thought you were safe. <laughs> right. It's not enough to mess with this sleep. Chuck Cage is the alarmist. Oh, that's awesome! The prankster douchebag. <laughs> <laughs> it was pretty bad. I have to admit, it was it was pretty mean. I didn't play many pranks in college, but out of like the two good ones that I did, the best one was um, my roommate would always uh, get up and and like leave the room to go to the bathroom before we went to sleep. Oh, it, um, yeah, you know, there there this. was a time where yeah, there was a, a a short period where we you went to bed roommate. at the same. Yeah, I had a roommate. And there was a short period where we went to sleep at the same time. So she went up to use the bathroom down the hall, and. Uh, I, I got up and ran over and got into her bed, but she had this huge comforter and it was so big that the bed was always kind of rumpled because it was a twin bed with like a king size comforter on it. And um, her mattress was like, I, I pushed it away from the wall a little bit. So I got down between the wall and the mattress so that only like my leg and one of my arms was kind of sticking out, you know, and I got down and scrunched myself up as small as I possibly could and got underneath the comforter and she came back in the room and I thought it was only going to be like five minutes, but it was like 15 minutes. And she spent like brushing her teeth. Cause we had a sink, you know, she's brushing her teeth and like, you know, putting her retainer now, did you mention in that you like stuff. were laying very flat and kind of in the piled up comforter. Yeah, so you couldn't yeah. really see. Exactly. I was underneath yeah. the comforter and like squished kind of half down against the wall. So, it, you know, she thought I'd left the room and I just remained completely still and silent for like these 15 minutes while she groomed and stuff. And then <laughs> she's like, eh, you know, she, uh, I heard her like call my name down the hall and then kind of like, you know, shut the door, leave the bolt open. And she like yawns real big, you know, gets into bed. And I, and I just like, as soon as she got into bed, I like went, oh my god she started like punching really hard she like pooed herself (laughs) it was great she screamed so loud like the the people next door were like oh my god what's going on that's awesome (laughs) yeah it was pretty great the other one was uh when when we were doing our study abroad i i stole my uh different roommate i stole my roommate's uh shower loofah because she always left it in the the shared shower it was always cold and wet and you'd like, you'd always have to like, you know, turn on the water and she'd leave it hanging there. So it would drip cold water all over you during the shower. And I, uh, I stole it and duct taped it to the ceiling, but that one wasn't as funny because she just got really mad. <laughs> <laughs> all right, then I was boring. I didn't do anything. Aww. Aww. I think probably the, the most geeky prank I ever pulled was like, uh, uh, and I, I think I mentioned this on, uh, on GWC, but in 
back in uh, junior high school, I was in band and, and in the in class, you know, we were in a band hall, which was a big open hall that had a little office off on the side. And uh, we we would uh, we would practice in the main room, you know, big area. And I, I really wanted to prank call the director, but I didn't. I wanted to be there when it happened to see it. And we had this uh, Apple II Plus, and and it had a modem, and it was an auto dial modem. And uh, I had I had written this little program that was a clock and displayed a big clock on the screen that was kind of cool. I was learning to control graphics and draw things, vector graphics. And eventually, I. Uh, Anyway, I tied the two together and had it set up so that it would call him a couple of times during class, and and it did, and it was great. I got to see the phone ring, and he would go answer, and he got madder and madder and madder, and uh, during that whole process, it, I don't know, I thought it was pretty entertaining at the time. Was that, had you seen War Games? Oh, yeah. Nice. Oh, yeah. Juan's like, I wasn't born. (laughs) (laughs) When was this? (laughs) 84? Yeah, probably. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> one half of the year. Womp womp. I'm old. Yeah. <laughs> a little bit. I might have been just barely alive. <laughs> I think that's the geekiest prank. I can't I can't really think of a of a of another. I never did any prank. cool geeky pranks. That's no. awesome. I was trying to think of some, but I can't. Huh. Oh well. If you pulled a cool geek prank and you're you're listening, call it in. I would like to hear yeah. that. That would be, be fun. Awesome. I think that would be an awesome call in. Uh, maybe we'll have to tweet this later too and see if we can get anybody to call it in for us. But sweet. We should probably wrap up for a uh, the other podcast we're going to do shortly. You got anything to add here at the end, Audra? No, just uh, looking forward to Zane's solution. It's pretty cool. He seems pretty confident he can do something, and I don't know what's going to happen if he can give Holly a body or, or what. I don't know. It's awesome, though. Robot Holly. <laughs> Robo Holly. Fembot. <laughs> yeah, sorry. Gyndroid. She could teach them about good fundamentals. One? <laughs> All righty, then. We'll see you next week. From everyone here at Save Eureka and GWC, thanks for listening. If you'd like to watch Eureka or other fun shows with some of the friendliest people in geekdom, visit us at galacticwatercooler.com. We'd love to hear from you as well. If you have something to add to the show, give us a call at 214-296-9229. That's 214-296-9229. And follow the instructions there to leave us a message for inclusion in a future podcast. Financial support from listeners like you keep all GWC podcasts on the net each week. To find out how to donate, visit galacticwatercooler.com slash donate.